Hello and welcome to the Life Vineyard Church podcast. On this episode, David concludes the Come Holy Spirit series with a discussion of the role that the Holy Spirit has in leading people towards God. I'm excited for today's talk. I feel like, I won't go into all the details, but it feels like it's a really significant talk that I'm going to give. And um, so I want us to be really prepared for um, what the Lord might do, not just today, but in the weeks to come. And I'm going to embarrass Nicola. She's watching online. Hello, Nicola. She can't be with us this morning. I'm going to embarrass her because I don't know what I think Nicola. Well, she is. Nicola is beautiful. I know. Brownie points or what. Um, <laughs> when I first saw her at school, she, she was stood on a table. Now, she didn't make a habit of standing on a table, but she was because um, she was sharing her faith. And I just thought, wow. You're beautiful. You're so bright. You're courageous to stand in front of all of these people. You're so attractive. So for two years, this sounds slightly stalkerish now, I've actually read it in my notes. I followed her around for two years. And, um, and anyway, uh, later on, I gave my life to Jesus. We started going out, and the rest is history. And, um, but it's sometimes hard, isn't it, to put your finger on what makes someone attractive. And um, it's multifaceted. As I said, Nicola is beautiful, but yet there's something so attractive about her when you see her supporting someone, loving someone, kind of giving somebody time and attention. It's just, you know, it's just fantastic when you see her do that. And I think, wow, I'm so blessed. I'm just so blessed, so fortunate. So today I want to talk about attraction, but I want to talk about our attraction towards Jesus and the role the Holy Spirit plays in leading people towards the Lord. The definition of attraction is this. The action or power of evoking interest in or liking for something or someone. So over the last couple of weeks, we have been exploring the prayer, and you might have heard it when we were doing ministry just a minute ago, Come Holy Spirit. We've looked at the role of the Holy Spirit in releasing signs, wonders, and miracles, And Tom last week did a brilliant job of looking at freedom. And we're going to figure out a way because we had a little issue with the live stream. So I think he's going to record it. So if you weren't here, we can get it out to you. Um, But today I want to unpack what I think is the most important, most probably multifaceted role of the Holy Spirit. And that is to draw people to Jesus and into salvation. My guess is that most of us here today although often not all of us, have a relationship with Jesus. At some point in your life, maybe recently, maybe decades ago, but at some point, you will have encountered Jesus. His beauty, his power, his love, his mercy. And that might have been gentle and private, you know, just God wooing you back to himself. Or it could have been spectacular. I don't know your story, But either way, you've encountered, you've discovered, you've been drawn to Jesus and his unparalleled attractiveness. In that moment when you gazed upon the beauty of Jesus and received his mercy and grace in return, in that moment we receive salvation and eternal life. When we give of ourselves, when we repent of our sin and we invite Jesus into our lives, you know, we might have challenges in life. We, we probably will have challenges in life. 
at one point or another. But we know our Saviour Jesus has overcome the world. And that one day we will live for all eternity with Jesus in heaven. Where we will find no more tears and no more pain and no more death and no more suffering. And there will be no evil. In heaven we have the promise of fullness of life. Fully realised and never ending. So, you know, how do we receive this? How did that happen in our lives? Well, it was more, well, it will be through the nudge of the Holy Spirit. Whether we were aware of it or not, the Holy Spirit was intrinsically involved in our salvation, stirring our heart, opening our hearts and our minds to the truth of the gospel. The Holy Spirit was at the very centre of our salvation. Now, as wonderful as healings are, and, or deliverance, or freedom, that moment when we, when we see Jesus for who he is, and we invite him into our life, it brings a change that isn't just for that moment, isn't just for this life, but it's for all eternity. And I don't think we'll ever truly grasp this side of heaven, just how incredible that moment is. It changes the destination of people's souls. From death to life, from hell to heaven, this is the most important work of the Holy Spirit. So here's my question for today. How does the Holy Spirit reveal the attractive, beautiful, sacrificial, awesome and merciful Jesus to people today? So I'm going to dig a little deeper. The first thing the Holy Spirit uses is truth. Is truth. Luke 4 says this. They were amazed at his teaching because the, his words had authority. Jesus spoke with authority. His words made sense, were powerful, life-changing. The truth really does set people free. John 8. Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you really are my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You know, at Pentecost, Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, finds himself preaching to a crowd from all over the region. At the top of his voice, he preached truth. He preached the gospel. The result was 3,000 people were saved. Peter was a fisherman. He was not highly educated, and yet he spoke truth with power and authority. How did he do this? Well, Peter was full of the Holy Spirit. The wind of the Spirit had come, and tongues of fire had touched the apostles' lips. So Peter stood up and went for it, and 3,000 people encountered the risen Jesus and had their lives changed forever. Hebrews 4 says this, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of our heart, of the heart, shall I say. The Holy Spirit is all over truth. As we teach the Bible and proclaim the gospel, the Holy Spirit moves in the hearts and minds of those who hear the words that are spoken. We are very blessed to have a skilled 
and knowledgeable preaching team here at LVC. Sometimes you get me as well. And um, a team who prays, um, who studies, who kind of take care to write biblically-based talks, but who are still oh, spirit-filled, who are expectant that the Holy Spirit will inhabit the words of truth that are spoken. You know, you'll all know people who do not have Jesus in their life. And they are going through life carrying those burdens that we just prayed for the Holy Spirit to take away on their own. Often weighed down by the pressures of life. Lost in the fog and lies and confusion this world projects and proclaims. You know, I look around this room every week and up on the balcony as well. And I imagine what it would be like if every seat was full of someone who was needing Jesus, who was looking for life. Well, it can be. It can be. But here's the first thing that's for us to do. Because we need to partner with the Holy Spirit. Here's the first thing we can do. We can invite people to come. You know, we all have friends, neighbours, work colleagues, family, who knows, strangers we bump into in the street who we just happen to start talking to. Well, that could just be my wife who talks to everyone. And, um, but we do. We, we get a sense from the Spirit that they need the Lord. They all need the Lord. So maybe, can I just encourage you to be bold and invite to invite them to be part of this space and to encounter the Holy Spirit and to encounter Jesus. Imagine you had a friend who was sick. You just knew, know they need to see a doctor. You would strongly encourage them to go and listen to the words of their GP, would you not? And if they were a really good friend and they kind of were like being stubborn, you might even drag them along to the doctor's because you were just convinced they needed to chat to someone who knew what they were talking about. How much more do people need to hear the truth that will set them free? The words of life and hope that is powerful and to hear those words in a place like this where the presence of the Holy Spirit dwells. You see, the Holy Spirit draws people to Jesus places power and authority on truth. But we need to be an invitational people, an intentional people who make it an integral part of our faith to bring people into an atmosphere of his presence, power, and truth. So that's the first bit. Um, the first thing, the Holy Spirit draws people to the attractiveness of Jesus through truth being proclaimed. Second, authentic, loving communities. At the end of Acts 2, we read this. Praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. We've read that loads of times. But what does it mean to enjoy the favour of all the people? Well, I think it was a number of things, but one important and attractive aspect of the church in Acts was their community. 
All the people watched on. You know, you get the sense that this was such an incredible thing they were seeing as they were gathering in the temple courts. They were looking on, thinking, what's going on over there? And they saw, they saw the way they loved each other, how they cared for each other, how they cared for the poor and those in need. You know, how they spoke to each other, how they served each other, how they prayed for each other, how they supported each other. They looked on and went, wow, <laughs> that's very different. Jesus said this, John 13, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. There's something deeply powerful in the simple but profound act of loving each other in this way. It is attractive to walk into a community, a group like this, that demonstrate love, that serve, support, pray for each other. Well, that just doesn't happen anywhere else other than the church. As we do this, and we do do this a lot here at Life in Yard Church, the Holy Spirit moves and inhabits the authentic community that we build. When new people come in to a community like this, when someone exploring faith comes into a community like this, the Holy Spirit will open, open their hearts and they will see favour. They will see what they're doing and think, I want to be part of that. They will see Jesus in the way we interact and love one another. You know, we can often think of mission of, if you like, evangelism as an act of going. You know, we do sometimes just go out and talk to people and pray for people. We tell people about Jesus. And of course it is that. But actually one of the best things you can do is to be present here on a Sunday. You may have noticed, Tom mentioned it last week and we sent a little text out, to be here on time. And, and that's not because we want to be super religious or, or, or anything, but we want to be present so that when that person comes through the door, what the first thing they see is that authentic community, that they're greeted by that group of loving people who are loving each other, serving each other, and ready to welcome new people into this family. It's really important. You know, we don't often think of that as being an integral part of being joining the Holy Spirit on the mission to welcome people into the kingdom of God. But it is. It really is. It makes such a difference. So let's be present. Let's be invested. Let's be joining teams and creating this wonderful atmosphere of authentic community here on a Sunday, morning, evening, here at Marley Hill. Because if we do, it extends the kingdom of God, where people experience and see authentic community. And in the midst of authentic community, Jesus' wonderful attractiveness is on view for all to see. So firstly, people are attracted to Jesus through truth. Secondly, through authentic, loving community. And thirdly, through compassion. 
this week, just gone, I was away for a few days with the area leader, area, not area leaders, the area pastors of, um, in the northeastern Yorkshire area, which we're part of. And um, the couple called Andrew and Rosie McNeil, who are assistant associate national directors of the Vineyard Movement in the UK and Ireland, were sharing. And as part of that, we were just talking about some of the things we were getting up to in the local church, and I was talking about our life projects. And um, I was just kind of, like I do sometimes, just mulling over some of the numbers, and um, it just was amazing. I was like, we support nearly 700 people a week through our projects. Just amazing. And so I was sharing it, and people, it was inspiring. And um, I showed them some of the videos that we showed at the um, Story Sunday a few weeks ago. And I was just taken by the story like Grass Boots. So I thought I could talk about it, but actually the importance of compassion in revealing Jesus is so evident in this video. So hopefully, Frank, have you got that? Grassboots really came out of the pandemic when as a church we were delivering food parcels around some of the most deprived communities in Newcastle. And um, it was one particular day, I think, I met a family in the biker wall who um, the kids were running around and they didn't have shoes on. I asked, I happened to ask this man why I had the kids got shoes and she said, no, it was a choice between food on the table or the kids having shoes. And I think that really got to me. Uh, and also I think in the pandemic, I also realized my own son and many of his friends who played football or played sport had grown a lot and had a lot of shoes that were just sitting around and doing nothing. I think I realized the value in second-hand shoes and clothes that there's so much stuff that is just um, worn only a couple of times and then maybe it just gets thrown out or discarded and I just felt it had a much greater purpose and something we could really bless people with. So it's a real mixed bag to be honest. We get referrals from social workers so it might be um, children who have for one reason or another not got parents with them anymore so they've got to live with a grandparent or they've gone into foster care so they need stuff that the parents maybe would have provided for them and then we get um, single parents who are referred through the NHS like through the midwives, the community midwife team they might need a cot and everything to start them up and then we get um, others who just come to us because they've, uh, they're have they seeking asylum or they've found themselves without a home and they've been put up somewhere by a local authority somewhere and they need literally everything so it's a real real mixture and then there's people now who are coming to us who they may work they may be on a um, they may be a single parent or they may be um, just in a low paid job and they really struggle to, to provide for their children some of the things they need to do sporting clubs or activities at school and things like that so Oh, it's really making me so happy because it's my first time being at a place like this and you're getting everything for free for my family. Imagine I'm having a big family, a family of five, and I'm getting all this thing because my kids were suffering, no shoes, no jacket, and it's so chilly. So even like uh, my middle son, one day he came to me, he said, Mama, the school said I must have a... Uh, 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 grass boots and I was like how am I going to get a grass boots uh, immediately the other day is when I got a flyer from uh, Action Foundation that 
it's where I got uh, a flyer of this place. So immediately I said, this is my time. Let me just quickly grab my phone and call. Uh, and I call. The answer was so good. And then uh, I'm here today and I'm very, very joyful. I'm so thankful for the, for this place. Whoever is doing this for us, thank you. May God bless this place. Yeah. I love Jeff's vision. You know, to, to see kind of the need and to say, I'm not just going to stand by and let that happen. I'm going to do something about it um, is just amazing. And I think to see the impact on people's lives, you know, that, that wonderful mum who had um, just thought, I need to do something for my children, and so came along to Grass Boots. And um, I, th I think she said something along the lines of this, I'm very joyful, very thankful. You know, when the disciples of Jesus, the church, us lot, take the love that we show each other and let it turn outwards, when we see a need, like children without shoes, and decide we're going to do something about it, well, the Holy Spirit takes hold of such love, and Jesus is magnified. Um, Acts 2 again. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. It's a hallmark of the church. But you know, it's not just the people that we serve, you know, directly. It's also the council who partner with us, who looks on and goes, wow, the church just doesn't meet on a Sunday. It actually does stuff to help others. It's the readers of the Chronicle who have read over the last number of years the different stories about the Biker Pantry and all that it does, and that it's a place of hope for the people of Biker War. It's the researchers who came to the Biker Pantry probably for about six months or so and actually published a paper on the impact that the Biker Pantry has on people's lives. You know, when we show compassion, when we release mercy, the mercy of Jesus into our region, Jesus is glorified, and his attractiveness is seen by so many people. You know, my prayer for the, for the Life Projects this year is that the Holy Spirit would continue to give us all that we need to meet people's physical and relational needs. But actually, this year, we would see just an increase in people's spiritual needs being met. And I particularly pray, and I'd love you to join me in this, that the Holy Spirit would help draw people into relationship with him and into salvation. A couple of practical things you can do while I'm on it, I might as well. Every week, just pop a couple of items of food in one side, and if you have some children's shoes, pop them in the other side, and we can help even more people. Okay, I need to come into land, so finally. So the Holy Spirit draws people through truth, through authentic loving community, and through compassion, and finally through signs and wonders. Let's start where we began, with come Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2, 4. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Now, back in the 70s, there was a guy called James Engel. He was a kind of a theologian-y kind of thinker. 
and he developed something called the Engel scale, and hopefully it will pop up. Um, it's really interesting to just kind of get your head around what this is, but basically he, he mapped out what he felt were the steps of people coming to know Jesus and then stepping into kind of discipleship. And he called it the Engel scale. Well, certainly somebody called it the Engel scale. Whether he named it after himself, I do not know. Um, but when the vineyard started, and um, as I talked about a couple of weeks ago, as kind of healing became a natural part of uh, the day-to-day -day story of the vineyard movement and just power and signs and wonders and miracles, John Wimber looked at this scale and thought, actually, not everyone needs to do every step. And what he noticed was when somebody was radically healed or had a really kind of incredible prophetic word or discovered freedom in a moment like that ministry time we just had at the end of worship, they jumped sometimes from no awareness of God to decision to surrender their lives to Jesus in a moment. We don't need to wait for years for people to go through those steps. You know, the power of God through the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit in that is the attractiveness of Jesus. You know, when somebody encounters God, when somebody's healed, set free, their mind shift changes, their paradigm, their worldview changes. They may have never believed that God existed, and then they're radically healed, and they go, hmm, maybe God maybe does exist after all, and they're in a place of acceptance and want to know more of this Jesus. It fast-tracks people to Jesus. And it does make perfect sense, doesn't it? So when we meet on a Sunday, when we go out and about in our life projects, we need to learn to be a people who expect the Holy Spirit to do incredible things. And I want to suggest three ways we can maybe press more into that, just quickly to finish. Three things that if we were to keep practicing, keep doing, we'll see more and more of the Holy Spirit moving powerfully. Firstly, if you talk to someone, they say, I don't feel very well, I'm sick, or I've got this pain in my elbow or shoulder or wherever it is. There's five words we could say that could change their lives, okay? Can I pray for you? I think that's five. Can I pray for you? Imagine if the 350 of us, adults and kids in this church, if we all, in every situation, when someone said that, said, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Can I just put a hand on your shoulder and just pray now that God would heal you? Just imagine that. What a difference that would make. Incredible. Can I pray for you? It's a game changer. When was the last time you said that to someone who told, the, told you that they were sick or in pain? To do that, we need to understand the second thing. We need to understand our authority. So when Jesus ascended to heaven, he sent his spirit and he gave the church his authority. I haven't got time to go into it all. Um, another time, another day. I think Tom talked a little bit about it last week, actually, from what I remember. But we have authority, not just to say, Jesus, please may you heal this person, but to take authority over sickness, just like Jesus did. So we can command knee pain to go. We can command headaches to go. We can command people to depression to go in the name of Jesus. 
We can take authority. And we don't need like long-winded sentences. We can simply just say those words. Can I pray for you? And then I just speak to this knee and I command the pain to go in the name of Jesus. And that's enough. Fill the gap in, whatever it is. Imagine that, if we just did those two simple things. Can I pray for you? 30 seconds, inviting the Holy Spirit to come and heal the person. Game changer. Absolute game changer. And then thirdly, the third thing we can do is practice and learn. You know, we're going to really press into this stuff in church for the rest of this year and beyond. We really feel this is what the Lord wants us to do. So another reason to be present on a Sunday is you get to practice. Wimber said that the meeting place is the training place for the marketplace. Um, When we gather together, we pray for each other and we start to learn how to pray for healing and, and prophesy and do all of those things. We are in the meeting place and we are training for the marketplace which is out there. So be present and join in. It's easy just to look around and think, oh, they know what they're doing. Go and stand on, you have permission to go and say, can I just join in with you and just see what you're doing? Let's learn how to be ministers of the Holy Spirit. To be, learn how to be bold and courageous and grow in confidence. Okay, I, I'm coming into land. I promise. At the start of 2023, we are putting a flag in the ground. We're putting a flag in the ground that we are a people empowered by the Holy Spirit. We are a community that expects and desires an even more powerful manifestation and work of the Holy Spirit. That on a Sunday and in our day-to-day lives, we will see the Holy Spirit at work. And today we've reminded ourselves that the most important work of the Holy Spirit is to help people encounter Jesus and to find salvation. Shall we stand and pray?